champions before me. But I am unlike all the others. I'm Randy Orton. The coal that will be squeezed into the next diamond. Third generation superstar. Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. My people, this is the Maniacal Bravo. I'm sitting here with Lawson the Sauce Lex James. <laughs> Today is our Randy Orton episode, seeing as it's his 20-year anniversary. But before that, Lex James is going to run down AEW real quick while I sit here and look good. Lex, take it away. You do realize no one can see you, right? Not yet, anyway. <laughs> and I'm lost in the sauce. <laughs> you are. Anyway... What do we got here? Dax Howard and Cash Wheeler. That was a good match. Yeah, FTR kicking off uh, AEW Dynamite. CM Punk actually comes out for commentary. This is probably one of the best matches you'll see on Dynamite all year. Qualifying match for the Owen Hart Tournament. And already in the tournament, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Darby Allen would make it on uh, a night later, or a couple nights later on Rampage, beating Shane Strickland in a really good match. And... uh this match was basically like an ode to Bret Hart and all his classic matches. There was a lot of callbacks to Bret and Owen from WrestleMania 10. Uh, and there's some other callbacks to other Bret Hart matches. Like, I think the actual pin, the finish, came from Bret Hart's King of the Ring match with Mr. Perfect that led to, one. I, think, I believe, his finals match against Bam Bam Bigelow. So they borrowed from you know at least three different Bret Hart matches. The match is as great as you'd expect it to be. And uh, CM Punk on commentary was a nice little touch. Um, I honestly wouldn't even mind if he replaced Excalibur on commentary full-time. Because <laughs> Punk is actually a commentator. You know he'll miss those to the tops. Eh, not really. He says everything else that way, so no, I won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, hell of a match. And um, yeah, the finish came where um, Cash Wheeler had him in an inside cradle. And then Dax basically reversed it mid-pin and got the 1-2-3 and both of them. You know, hugging after the match and, you know, supportive of one another. It was pretty cool because, like, it would have sucked if they would have teased something like as if they're about to break them up when they're on the best role of their careers. So it's cool that, you know, nothing like that was really teased. Yeah, wasn't this supposed to be Dax versus Dash? Fuck off. (laughs) I still, yeah, I still call them, like, Dash and what the fuck was the other one? uh, Dash, what was it? Dash Wheeler and uh, and Scott Dawson. Something like that. Yeah, Scott Dawson was Dax Harwood. It's hard. It, it's he went kinda... from Scott Dawson to Dax Howard. Yeah, or Howard, as you like to say it. But yeah, man, hell of a match. Dax Harwood's in the Owen Hart Cup tournament along with Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Darby Allen. So looks like so far, you know, it's got a pretty nice lineup of guys. I believe next week or this coming week, I should say, we got Jeff Hardy and Bobby Fish. And an How about Hart. have Miro surprise everybody come back and win this shit? That would actually kick ass. I, I I like that. The finals of this tournament 
supposed to be at double or nothing. So, I mean, and I now that you mentioned Miro, shit, have him and Samoa Joe in the finals. Imagine that shit. Yeah, there you go. That would be incredible. So after this, it was announced that CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page is official for the main event at Double or Nothing for the AEW World Heavyweight title. And Punk gets off of the commentary table and cuts a quick promo and basically says, you know, seven, eight months ago, he wondered if he still had this. And after going through obstacles like MJF and, you know, a bunch of other guys, he realized that they were basically a test to see, you know, if he was ready for the world title. He thanked the fans for getting him to where he is. Good babyface promo. Um, Punk and Hangman Adam Page, I, I think this match is, uh, I don't think it's going to disappoint. So I, I'm looking forward to that. It's a solid main event. Uh, match we got after that, we got more of the Blackpool Combat Club. They defeated the Factory, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo in practically a squash match. Uh, Wardlow and Lance Archer, I know you were waiting for this one. Yeah, this, this is good. And you I know didn't what? I expect Wardlow to do the type of shit he did in this match. I didn't ex- well, I like the one spot to start the match. Well, first off, MJF, you know, watching from the skybox with Sean Spears. I don't know if you caught the one line he said about um, how Philadelphia women, like what they use for birth control, and he said their personality. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so after that, you know, he ordered Wardlow to come out. And if you notice, he doesn't come out with music. He comes out in shackles and with a yeah, bunch of security guards. That's funny. So MJF, it's like, watching it like that, I know last week we were talking about how it's been a lot of the same shit with these MJF feuds, but yeah, I kind of like the little it's a little touches. Change. It's just dressed differently, you know, but it's it's just, I hope the next feud after this. Yeah, the next one doesn't need him to go through the colony. Yeah, you know? whoever whoever that may be. To me, I think it should be Hangman or whoever the champion is. And that's when he goes, because you, you're forced to do something yeah, different Yeah, I think it would be cool if he's on the chase. won the title and then... MJF came and took it from him. Yeah. Rekindled their feud. Because the thing is, MJF is on the chase rather than being chased. Yeah, I'm done with Hangman Page's title reign. I want to see it on somebody else now. So anyway. I feel about his title reign the same way I felt about Big E for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, they're cool, but I'm like, eh, tweak it a little bit. So more with Wardlow and Lance Archer. So as the security guards are uncuffing Wardlow, Lance Archer comes out of nowhere and actually, like, does like a splash type of move and it takes everybody out. And it's like, this is one of the times where everybody crowded around each other makes sense. Yeah, because... we were talking about this because it didn't look like they were standing there waiting. They were actually doing something else. Yeah, they were, you know, unlocking the shackles off of Wardlow so this way he can have his match. So it started off with a nice little bang right there. Um, and the match, it, yo, it's... I wouldn't call this a squash match because Lance Archer got some offense in. No, this was a good match for what it was. It was a lot of like high impact and you know packed into a five and a half minute match. Fucking Wardlow starts it off with a Hurricane Rana, which I didn't know he could do that. Yo, that Hurricane Rana blew my mind. Where he ran towards the turnbuckle, but then like jumped over a charging Lance Archer. Yes, and then did a front flip. Was... Then hit him with like the Brock Lesnar shoulders in the corner. He showed like really. We've never seen Good athleticism. athleticism in this match. We've never seen this out of uh, Wardlow before. No, I thought he was just a guy that looked apart, you know? But now I, I see he's like a big dude that can move. Like this dude he did a is... fucking swanton, too. And it looked pretty good. Yeah. He overshot him a little bit, but, like, I can forgive Even it. Even the overshot is a testament to his athleticism. Right. Because he reached the middle of the ring, bro. It's probably not a move he's done much in front of people. I wouldn't mind him like, continuing to do it. 
But it was just like a really interesting not you know, way time, to do but that. Every match. once in a while, break out a swan time. Yeah, not all. Yeah, because again, AEW will see this and they're like, oh, you like that? So now he's going to be a high yeah, flying. Not big all man. the time, but just break it out for like big matches. That's the only thing that kind of worries me because we've already seen AEW sees you like something. And then yeah. every two weeks they give it to you and give it to you. So I, I I hope that doesn't happen with Wardlow because he's a badass without any of that high flying shit. But it was really impressive to see him do this because he's going up a guy he go he's going up against a guy bigger than him. Lance Archer's a big fucking dude. Yeah, and he power bombs him with ease. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And he gave him the he did the power bomb symphony, the four power bombs. I like what he does before, like he acts like a musical instructor. Yeah, and the crowd kind of pops for it. You need stuff like that. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, we get to the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out, calling out um, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. And, like, Eddie Kingston, when he walks down to the ring, he looks like the fat kid who's walking down the hill and he does he can't control his momentum. <laughs> like he's going too fast and he yeah. can't stop. <laughs> he's just hoping to keep his balance. Um, and, honestly, this segment... Was kind of horse shit until Eddie Kingston got on the mic, and then it turned into a must-see. I guess there's some kind of um, stipulation. He, like, pretty much admitted to murder on live TV. He said, we've been here before. Like, but before oh. that, apparently there's some sort of stipulation where Kingston and Santana and Ortiz can't touch them unless they're, like, provoked or whatever. So that's why Jericho was getting in his face and calling him a bitch and telling him he can't do shit, otherwise Tony Khan will fire him, and no other wrestling company wants him, blah, blah, blah. That's why Jericho was like, you know, grew nuts. And then he sat down, and that's when Eddie Kingston got in his face and said, I've done that before, as far as, you know, putting out a hit. And he got all in Jericho's face and backed him, you know, into the ropes and shit while he was sitting down on the chair. That was funny. It was great, because again, Eddie Kingston is just, he's just so authentic. So um, after this, we got, um, you know, what would, an AEW Dynamite episode B without a gimmick match. And Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb had a Philadelphia street fight. Oh. Just like every other hardcore match. Yeah, now they got the women doing it. Skip. Ray Phoenix came back. A lot sooner Skip than I thought. Flips. A lot sooner than I thought after what we saw yeah, me too. Luchasaurus do his right arm. back to jumping off the ropes and doing all the flippy stuff. Yeah, well, what do you expect? I thought he maybe he would take it a little easier now. No. <laughs> No. He had a 10-man tag with the Undisputed Elite. A 10-man tag? A 10-man tag with Chucky Finster, your boy, Dante Martin. Chucky Finster. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., Garris, uh, Griff Garrison, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson and Julia Hart. Jesus, that is a lot of people. And, Trying to get everybody on TV. And a six-and-a-half-minute match. I'll tell you this, Mike. I watched like the first maybe 30 seconds of it and I saw the Young Bucks actually walk up to a guy. I think it was Lee Moriarty. Um, no, Lee Johnson, sorry. Um, it was Lee Johnson. Like they literally, I think, walked right up to him as he jumped for a crossbody. <laughs> I, so I, and that's when it, I just right? fast forward the match. Like I, I saw enough of that. Yeah. And that brought that. me to the car wreck that was the main event, the ladder match between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. For the TNT title. Be a 24-7 title? It might as well be at this point. How many times is he going to change hands in, in a month? Or no, or in a year at least. I mean, it's not been a month, but like this year has already seen like four different champions, if not five. It's just, it's absurd. And then, as if that wasn't absurd enough, some of the spots in this in this matchup, the 630. 
splash yeah, off the top of the that, ladder. Bro? Like he almost landed on the fucking back, like the top of his head. And again, Scorpio Sky kind of has to like somehow get in contact with that, so it looks like it hits him. It's like, how are you supposed to take this bump? It's just dumb. It's yeah, unnecessary. He looked hurt after too. He, yeah, he the look on Ty Conti's face said it all. You could read his lips. He was like, "Ah, oh, shit." That took us to the commercial break, and then when we get back, we see a repeat of the Cody Rhodes spot with the cutter off the top, but this time it's Sammy Guevara diving into a cutter, springing off the top of another ladder. They're trying to kill the RKO. So more silly shit in this match. Ty Conti and Dan Lambert get involved, and I think the realest part of this match was the fucking the ball shot Dan Lambert took from Ty Conti. It actually looked solid. And then that's what brought Paige Van Zandt out to... Basically, give us the worst display of a striking exchange I think we've ever seen. It'll, they fight with each other like I fight with my sons. Where I'm not really trying to hit them, and I'm just, you know... Uh, They're like uh, tapping each other. Yeah. They bring in the ladder with barbed wire, because this is what we need, right? So, yeah, they do, you know, the one spot where Scorpio Sky hits the ropes and Sammy Guevara hits him with a Spanish fly, lands on the barbed wire ladder, and there's not a scratch... Or a drop of blood on Scorpio Sky's back. And you would think, because somebody's bleeding every other week, now they don't use it when it should be used. Like, and I'm not saying use real barbed wire. Don't use it at all. Don't use it at all. (laughs) It was completely unnecessary for this match. So this is the part where Sammy Guevara, he looks like he has the match won. The title's in his hands. Scorpio Sky tips the ladder. Sammy Guevara lands back first on the barbed wire ladder. No blood. No blood, no scratch, and not just that. I counted, Mike. Less than 20 seconds later, Sammy Guevara gets up. He doesn't just get up, but he springboards off the top rope onto the ladder after falling off of a ladder into a barbed wire ladder. Like nothing happened. Wow. Just to get knocked off again, Scorpio Sky wins the TNT Championship for a second time. Another title change. They have no idea how to end their shows. They don't. They 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 should have let. They should have ended it with a Dax Hallwood. They match. usually end with the worst. They they save worse for last. Yeah, they should have ended with the Hallwood match. Or even the Punk promo, I would have taken. Just, I don't get it. Right, that is your world championship. Yeah, I um just enough with the ladder matches. Enough with the gimmick shit. Enough with the t- TNT title changes. Oh, I forgot to even mention. Jericho threw a fireball in Eddie Kingston's fucking face, and you know what? It actually looked good. It actually looked good. It wasn't Warrior and Hogan from Halloween Havoc, thank God. That was an atrocity. That entire match, let alone that spot. But yeah, that was AEW Dynamite. Again, I do want to mention um, AEW Rampage started off with a hell of a match. Um, Darby Allin and uh, Swerve Strickland, a tournament qualifier. And yeah, these two put on a hell of a match. Uh, I was... A little bit blown away. I didn't expect uh, to see what I saw. And um, Darby Allen did pick up the win with a distraction from Ricky Stark. So I guess, you know, Strickland is still going to be beefing with um, Team Taz, I guess. Um, and Darby Allen's in the Owen Hart Cup tournament, too. So that was AEW. The real focus this week is Randy Orton. Because Monday Night Raw was the 20th anniversary uh, for Randy Orton. And it was Randy Orton week all week. So right after this, we're going to give you a countdown of his 20 greatest matches in our eyes, I guess. 
And uh, we're also going to bring you a watch along from one of those top 20 matches. So uh, stay put and we'll be right back. To back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. All right, we're back here. Still sitting next to the loose goose Lex James. We're going to bring you these top 20 matches now. And I know, you know, I give this Quiff a hard time, but he comes up with these lists by himself because I'm too busy and honestly too lazy to do this shit sometimes. No. But good shit, Al Pacino. Lex got the comb over going on over here. He looks like Carlito's way. You done? <laughs> I give you I give you thirty seconds straight to talk and this is the shit you Take it say. away, buddy. Yeah, no shit. For good. <laughs> so yeah, this is the Randy Orton portion of the show. And I mean Raw even started out with a nice little um uh, celebration. They had the whole Raw roster surround the ring. Ran, uh, Riddle announced Randy Orton to the ring. They even played a nice little video package for Randy Orton. They showed his very first match. That Monday Night Raw was actually twenty years to the day wow. of his debut on SmackDown. Against um, Hardcore Holly. Hardcore Holly. Yeah, there you go. Boston Bravo. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they showed a nice little video showing his whole career, all the RKOs, all the, you know, terrible things he's done as a heel. Don't you got like a list over there? No, I actually do. You're, uh, I do want to break that down in a little bit after I go through this little episode of Raw. Or just the, um, you know, the Randy Orton oh. parts. Because he, he he finally got, you know, he gets called down to the ring and he gets a nice ovation. He's even like given, he even gave Veer Mahan a fist pound on the way to the ring. I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't see that. When he was on his way to the steps. Fucking Veer. Um, and Randy Orton got in the ring and he, you know, you could tell he spoke right from the heart. He thanked everybody there. Apparently um, they were in Knoxville, Tennessee for Raw. And Randy Orton said that he was actually born in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he said, you can, you know, the proof is in Wikipedia. It's on Wikipedia, so it's true. And I guess that's not too far from where he's from right now, St. Louis. You know, he thanked all the fans. You know, he, thought, he said it was like coming full circle, being that it's in Knoxville, Tennessee. He, th- he wanted to thank some of his, you know, greatest opponents. He, ne- he mentioned John Cena. He mentioned Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. It's almost like he went out of his way to mention Mick Foley and give him the most praise. I don't know if you caught on to that. But he said, you know, without Mick Foley, he's not the legend killer. It was Mick Foley who, you know, gave a lot to Randy Orton when Orton was, I don't know, 23, 24 years old. Yeah, Foley let Randy Orton spit in his face, dude. And kick him down a flight of stairs. Yeah. Um, He pinned him in MSG. And, you know, the, the hardcore match we'll talk about a little later on. You know, Randy Orton basically said, like, Mick Foley, you know, is the reason he's, still, he's there right now. He, he's, he's became the legend killer because of that. And, you know, it's nice to see Mick Foley get his praise from somebody because, like, we should have heard something like that from Undertaker. But at least Randy Orton gave it to him. And, uh, you know, he talked about the Ric Flairs and the Triple Hs, and then he brought, you know, the attention on the Riddle. And he said this is the most fun he's had all his career. Thanks Riddle for it. Riddle calls on Cody Rhodes to come out. We all know the history between uh, Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes goes all the way back to Legacy. 
even further back than that, if you if we're really talking, um, I don't know if any, I don't know if you remember this. You know, Randy Orton fought Dusty Rhodes back in like '07, mm-hmm. and that's when I, I that's the first time I remember seeing Cody Rhodes when Dusty brought him in. Like Cody must have been, geez, I don't know if he if he was even twenty. Yeah, you got to think young. Cody and Randy had run-ins even before either one of them were wrestlers because their pops were wrestlers. Probably, yeah. And they've worked together hundreds of times, I'm sure. Yeah. So Cody and Orton, you know, they go way back. They uh, So that was the first time we're seeing Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton share a ring in WWE since, geez, probably the Stardust days, I would think. You Randy know. is to Cody what Triple H was to him. Yeah, yeah. Which ma- makes for a really interesting story at some point. We have to eventually see that match. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to be a big deal, too. A big, big deal. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. So it was cool to see that. And that's when Seth Rollins comes in, and he's dressed like the fucking Riddler in a green suit. Literally the only thing missing are the question marks. Um, and he tells Randy Orton not to trust Cody Rhodes. This leads to Ezekiel interrupting Cody um, Seth Rollins. And Ezekiel said, I'm sorry to interrupt. I hate to interrupt. And if you notice, he said that because Elias always got interrupted. I don't know if you paid attention to that. (laughs) So that led Kevin Owens to come from the crowd, calling Ezekiel a liar and telling Randy Orton not to believe any of his lies and blah, blah, blah. The Usos come out, congratulate Randy Orton. They talk about their favorite Randy Orton moment is going to be when they beat RK-Bro at Backlash. This all leads to Adam Pearce coming out and making an eight-man tag for the main event. And the main event, it was really entertaining. And honestly, the last five minutes consists of Randy Orton getting his shit in. And I think that's pretty much what the crowd wanted to see. And it was great. That's because how it should have been. All, I think everybody took the, su- uh, the back suplex on the table. Kevin Owens being the funniest because Kevin Owens was the last one to take it. And Randy Orton gave him an eye poke. I don't know if you caught this, but Kevin Owens yells, Oh, my eye! Right before Randy Orton drops him onto the fucking table. It's <laughs> hilarious. If you didn't see it, go back and check it out. It's it's just so stupid from Kevin Owens, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also led to literally all four guys eating RKO's one after the other. Um, it started with Seth Rollins. He took a disaster kick from Cody right into an RKO. Um, I believe the next Uso came in. He took an RKO from like Riddle throwing him up in the air. Kevin Owens hit Cody with a super kick, and then he would eat an RKO. And then the last but not least, Jey Uso leaped from the top rope into an RKO. Randy Orton got the win. Perfect way for Randy Orton night. 20th anniversary to end. Um, I, I think Randy Orton definitely deserved you know, an episode like this dedicated to Yeah, this to dude's him. been... I remember watching Randy Orton in 8th grade. Yeah. That shit is crazy, and he's still around. And, I mean, he just turned 42. His his birthday, I believe, is April April 1st. And he's he's in great shape. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I was watching him in 8th grade, and now I have a kid going into 8th grade. Yeah, no shit. And he's still wrestling, you know? And he said in the promo, too, that he doesn't plan on going anywhere. And he, he's, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's said in other, you know, in recent interviews and you know shows yeah he's that, a wwe guy for life he's and not just that he doesn't plan like he he thinks he still has another 10 years in him good i'm happy he thinks that if he can i hope i'm happy he feels that way. yeah if he can stay healthy man pff, he he basically said something along the lines like his legacy is going to be that other than undertaker he was there the longest because think about it if randy Orton still got another 10 years left in him 
we could potentially see him just be in WWE waiting for guys like MJF and oh yeah, other guys who are going to potentially join later on. Yeah. I mean, or and, and who, guys who knows? Now, People Brian that aren't Breaker, even... Yeah. Yeah, you know, no shit. Younger guys that is going to come up and Raw and still going to be there. Braun Breaker kind of has to happen. Another second generation against yeah, the third. Yeah, I need to see that. You know? Um, yeah, I didn't even think about, like, the NXT guys that might be on the, you know, in the, on the main roster by then. Imagine Randy Orton and Grayson Waller. That'd be a dope-ass match. Yeah. Randy Orton and LA Knight when he gets out of this manager thing. If, yeah, if that ever happens, that would be nice. But, yeah, like, Randy Orton's going to be around for a long time, man. I mean, guys that aren't even, like, adults to be... <laughs> to, to even be start or even start training whoever that may may be in the future yeah you know he, like he, randy orton he say he's 42 if he plans on wrestling just into his early 50s who knows man he takes good care of himself he travels in the bus body. and with technology and medicine and shit getting better he might in 10 years still feel like he got another 10 years left and on top of that if you heard, but apparently WWE is not suspending or fining people for marijuana use anymore. Oh, so Randy Orton might be a big ad, uh, a big reason for that. Yeah, you know um, he's you got know he's what? got some pull being Honestly, who he is. It's, it's gonna help the wrestlers a lot. It should a lot like should Rob Van Dam is somewhere pissed the fuck off. Oh, maybe not pissed, but just kind of wishing that was you know the case. He the got last his title years. taken away from him for that shit. Yeah, no shit. Only one month. But anyway, this is Randy Orton. And um, before we get into his greatest matches, and um, I wanted to talk about some of... There's one Bleacher Report uh, meme I saw. Well, not really a meme, but like a post. And I'm going to post this picture on our Instagram page. And you'll see what we mean. Um, it has Randy Orton's crimes. And these are basically like some of the most like heelish shit he's ever done in his career. And Randy Orton... Is you and I have said a pl- you know plenty of times before. He's definitely one of the greatest heels of this generation. You know, up there, he's he's, he's, he's the greatest heel of all times, protege. Yeah. What do you expect? So of course he knows how to be a fucking prick. So on this post, they remind you of some of the you know awful things he's done to other wrestlers. For instance. Um, Punting Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon. I guess that's not so terrible, right? That's <laughs> Shane wrong. McMahon, at least. That's mean. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, burn Undertaker alive in his casket. He tried blowing up John Cena with Pyro in their Iron Man match. That I remember. That was pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, he put a screwdriver through Jeff Hardy's ear. That wasn't that long ago. Didn't he like attach it to a ladder too once with a handcuff? That was Sami Zayn, actually. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this is probably one of my favorites. He kissed an unconscious Stephanie McMahon, and she was unconscious because Randy Orton DDT'd her, in front of Triple H, who Randy Orton had also handcuffed to the bottom rope. Did you get all that? Yeah. Kissed Stephanie McMahon after DDTing her, after handcuffing Triple H to the bottom rope, making him watch it. What a bastard. Attacked John Cena's dad twice... And punted him in the head one of those times. <laughs> he burned down Bray Wyatt's shack. Then he burned Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And then he beat him at WrestleMania, and we haven't seen him since. 
He booted Mick Foley down a flight of stairs. We already mentioned that. He spit in his face, too. And he also spit in Harley Race's face. Uh, he drove Undertaker into the SmackDown stage entrance using Eddie Guerrero's car. He tried to paralyze Edge in 2020. Then he tried, well, he didn't try. He succeeded in RKOing Beth Phoenix. <laughs> and he RKO'd Stacey Keebler. Oh, and how do I forget this one? This was pandemic raw. This is before the Thunderdome. He attacked legends in the dark using night vision goggles as an aid. And he had to believe I he had like that. a sledgehammer. And I believe, all right, so those legends, it was Ric Flair, it was Big Show, Shawn Michaels, and Christian. What a random ass collection of WWE Hall of Famers and legends. Like, and Randy Orton took them all out in night vision. <laughs> Some of them went to AEW. I remember that. And that was all to get at Drew McIntyre. That was just some of the crazy, dastardly things Randy Orton has done in his career. Top five RKOs, Mike. Mm. In order or just five? Damn, I gotta think. This is. Well, number one for me is gonna be the one at Mania with. Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah. yeah. I'd say two would be the Evan Bourne one. The shooting star. Shooting star into an RKO. Three, I think I'm going to go that one that uh, was not too long ago. Chad Gable? Yeah. The Moonsault. The Moonsault. uh, That was a thing of beauty. Four... I'm trying to think. Randy Orton's been around so long, I can't think of all his RKO's right now. Those are my top three right there. Yeah, I'd say that's that's a good, that's a solid three. I know we're forgetting one. Punk at Mania was pretty good off the top rope. That was pretty good. The the counter from the choke slam into an RKO was pretty dope. Oh, on Undertaker at yeah. WrestleMania 21. So that's your five. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna go with those until I maybe maybe, maybe I'll find two other ones. I I feel like the Evan Bourne one is his best. Yeah, I, I got that one just over Seth because that was the reason like, I like the Seth one is because the the way Seth like Randy Orton had to hold himself like like bent over, and when Seth stepped on his head, Orton kind of had to help Seth get a little more height. Apparently, that was the only way. That was the only time they landed. Exactly, the, the, they they tried it. They tried landing it, I guess, you know, rehearsing whatever, and they couldn't do it. Wow, see? That just that makes it, me put it more of number one, because that, that shit was crazy. Yeah, when you put it that I way. I remember when it happened, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they really did that. Yeah, Undertaker's, what he did to Undertaker at WrestleMania, because I thought he had that, broken the streak. That looked like it was, that. the streak was over. Yeah. He turned that choke slam you into know an what? RKO, and it just... You know what? The sound of it, too. I gotta take the one from Punk out, and this is just personal preference, but... That RKO, he lands on Hogan on the back of that car. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's my number one. That, Never mind. That's in my top five. How did I forget that That shit one? was perfect. I'm not a real Hogan hater if I forgot that one. He came out of nowhere, like, literally. And, right boom. on the trunk. And then Hogan just slides off. Boom. That's top five. That's number one for me. That's my, I, I changed my mind right on the spot. Number one RKO. <laughs> I don't know how I forget that one. Me either. Number one RKO, Hogan... Onto the trunk. 
Then I got Evan Bourne's shooting star, Seth Rollins, number three at WrestleMania. Um, the Chad Gable moonsault was a fucking thing of beauty. Immediately, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's a top five RKO. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I'm forgetting one. I don't know if you remember, there was one RKO he gave Rob Van Dam where Van Dam like legit landed on his on, face. Like on his and, face and, and like, flipped forward. I remember that, that one. That shit was brutal. I thought he Van Dam had neck. a way of selling. Like his neck was really strong, I guess, because he used to sell the pile driver in ECW. Like he would How he used to sell up. DDTs. Yeah, he would bounce up off like the top of his head. That right, right. Crazy. Van Dam made shit look so good. He was you know, he didn't really get enough credit for that, uh, for how he made his opponents look. And uh, this RKO was no different, man. I thought he snapped his damn neck. So I, I, I kind of have to put that one. That was in like 07. That led to one of the matches we're about to talk about or like, you know, briefly touch on. There's so many. Because now everybody has an RKO from the top rope. I remember when he RKO'd C... All right, so which CM Punk RKO are you talking about? Because he had two at WrestleMania with Punk. The one that they had the one-on-one match where he springboard off the off the top. That was the one I was talking about. Okay, the one I'm talking about is from the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 23 when you had younger, long-haired Punk from ECW. He ate an RKO from near the top of the ladder from a young Randy Orton. Oh, which land I think was a little because they were on three ladders. All right, they were spread across like three ladders, and then they were like near the top, and Randy hit him with an RKO off those ladders, and they came. they, They were pretty high up. So that one was pretty, uh, that was, that was like one of the, that was before he was doing like RKO's out of nowhere. I don't know if you remember the one he had against Carlito too. Carlito did like, he springboard off of two sides of the ropes. Yeah. He jumped one rope to the other one and into an RKO. Yeah. I remember that was a good one too. Yeah. And that was, that's, that's going way back. That's like 06. Damn. You, I wonder how many RKO's he's given up. A lot of art. He even said not that long ago that his back ah, is starting KO. to. <laughs> he even said something that his back is starting to like hate him for all these RKOs. I can, uh, I can understand why. He's yeah. literally taking a bump himself every all time the he time, does it. Man, I mean, shit. The one he gave Christian on the steps, like he took a big, big part of that too. Yeah, the back of his head. Oh, I think one of the worst ones. Well, I mean, it looked good, but the worst for him was the RKO he took in the triple threat with Brian and Batista when he landed on the monitor. Oof. That shit was rough, man. He even had like a cut yeah, on his that. back because he got spiked by the fucking corner of that monitor, man. It was that was brutal. But yeah, man, he's he's got. I know I'm forgetting RKO's, and it, like when I go back and, and you know think about it, it's gonna hit me. It is so. That's damn what I'm saying. Off the top of my head, it's so hard because there's 20 years worth. Because like, oh, I re- okay, one recent one. And then I'll end it like this. I don't. You remember how Rey Mysterio, he does that one move when you're on the outside, and he die. He he does like a a slide. When he's, yeah, he slides and underneath Randy all ropes. Him from the slide. He caught him with an RKO from the I slide, that. and I, that was what maybe four years. It was around when Rey Mysterio came back in yeah. 2018, and Randy caught him with an RKO from there. That shit was insane. Yeah, that was sick. I, I can't believe he was able to, to to time that the way he did. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, he, he's incredible, man. You know, um, but yeah, man, on to these matches. I just had to touch on, you know, what made him such a great heel and obviously the RKO, which to me, it's, I think he said it before in an earlier episode, it's a top five finisher. It's arguably yeah. top five. It's definitely top ten. Easily. It's definitely top ten, but you, it has to be, you know, arguably top five as well. 
And the RKO, I mean, shit, man. The RKO out of nowhere. It's how Randy Orton kind of got, like... That's how he got his name a little more out there because he, he wasn't, you know, a Hollywood star like John Cena's starting to become yeah. or The Rock. But, you know, the people that aren't wrestling fans or casual fans, they know Randy Orton through the RKO. So that's his thing. That's what made him, you know, that's one of the things that made him special. But on to our top 20. And, if you know, as you know us by now, our top 20 usually comes with an honorable mention. So it's always more than 20 because that's just how we do things. So we only got five honorable mentions here. Randy Orton has so many good damn matches. I'm, I'm probably not even naming all of them, but you, you can know, pay you for the cunt and see them all. That just sounds so dirty. They're all in the cunt. Pay for the cunt to see them all. <laughs> what he means is <laughs> pay for Peacock. Yeah, it's the PG version of what he means. Anyway. All Randy Orton's matches are on there. And I'm sure they have a section for him right now. Since I, it's... I wonder if they would ever put the OVW if they have him. I, maybe they do, and I just don't know where to Why find not? him. Why not? That'd be dope. That'd be really cool. But yeah, on to the honorable mentions. So I have five honorable mentions. I uh, Starting with Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle from ECW One Night Stand 2006. That was the one where they were cursing him out like a motherfucker. Yo, that crowd was ODing. They were yeah, saying... they were doing stupid shit. Randy yeah, his dick and... Shit like that, yeah. A stupid ECW crowd. Calling him pussy. The, the, the guys who were at that match antagonizing Randy Orton. There was even uh, a fan that kind of like hit him on the arm, yeah. like kind of hard, and then Randy like went face to face and was kind of like a kid. Those but, guys are AEW fans today. It's. And it's, that it's dude is lucky Randy Orton didn't knock him the fuck off. I'll give Orton a lot of credit in this match for that reason, because not just that reason, but. Like, the crowd was so pro Kurt Angle because this was right before he went to TNA and he was, like, with ECW on his way out of WWE. Yeah. And this is in the Hammerstein Ballroom. This is what led to, you know, later that night, Van Damme beat John Cena for the ECW title, or the WWE title. And, and they, fucking JBL beat the shit out of Blue Meanie. <laughs> no, that was, the, that was the year before. Oh. That was the first one night stand. This was the second one. Um... But yeah, Randy Orton, man, you want to talk about a hostile crowd. The only person that they were even more hostile to was John Cena. But yeah. Randy Orton was getting like, you suck dick, and just all sorts of shit. I can't even remember, like, Randy Swallows or some shit like that. Like, just crazy shit that, I don't know, like, it's a little much. <laughs> it's a lot much. Anyway, the match itself, though, it's Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton. So, like, what do you what do you expect? It's going to be a banger. And it, was, it wasn't technically the first match, but it was the first real match of the night. So it was a great way to start. Um, and uh, I think this was fresh off of their triple threat match at WrestleMania that year that uh, Rey Mysterio wound up winning the World Heavyweight Championship in. And Kurt Angle and Randy Orton feuded a little bit right after that match. And that led to this one-night stand match. And Kurt Angle actually got the win, but a real competitive match, fast-paced. I mean, this was Kurt Angle in his like, peak WWE and Randy Orton, even though he was, like, mid-20s, like, it just showed you how great he was at that time. He wasn't even close to what he is now. And he was in there hanging with arguably the best wrestler in the world at the time. Yeah, that was a wrestling machine, Kurt Angle. Yes, yes. So, very entertaining match. I also got a year later at, um, wasn't ECW One Night Stand anymore. It was just One Night Stand Extreme Rules. I think that's what they were calling it. This was the original Extreme Rules. Uh, and it was a stretcher match with Rob Van Dam. And... This, you know, I think this actually kicked off the entire pay-per-view. 
And a really competitive back and forth match. Randy Orton, this is the RKO I was telling no, I was you about. Say, this way that led to RKO? this. No, well, he that that RKO happened on the Monday Night Raw leading oh, into right. this pay per view. But they were already talking about how Van Dam, you know, was kind of like going into the match a little banged up because of the concussion that he got from that or whatever. So there's one spot, Van Dam. I guess he hits his head on the barricade, and from that point on, he has the faraway look in his eyes, and he mm. sells that for the rest of the match. And somehow, Rob Van Dam actually wins the damn match. He kicks Randy Orton square in the face, only how only Rob Van Dam can. And Orton lands on the stretcher right where the line is. So Van Dam just shoves the stretcher past the line and gets the win. Randy Orton comes back too in the ring and destroys Van Dam, gets him on the outside. I think he kicks him into the post and then DDTs him from the barricade. And that was the last we saw of Rob Van Dam. Until, I think he, until he came back part-time like years later, maybe six years later. So Randy Orton actually, he lost the match, but he took out Van Dam, And this is what was leading to him taking out one guy after another, leading to like his first big WWE championship run. Um, I got Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns from SummerSlam 2014. This is Roman Reigns' first singles match. Uh, right after the Shield broke up, and his first big singles win was against Randy Orton, and this was a really competitive match. I don't know if you remember, this is another great RKO. Roman Reigns was going for a spear, and Orton caught him midair. RKO, yeah, great near fall. It could have been a hell of a way to fin- to to finish the match, but Orton was the it was heel. Kind of how they Roman finished in. the fucking Rumble that year. It was, yeah, 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 almost. But this one looked a little better because he looks like he actually catches him midair. Whereas, like, Reigns kind of just charged at him with his head so Orton could hit him with an RKO. Um, the, the SummerSlam one, it, it, it was a great spot. And, yeah, Randy Orton put Roman Reigns over, and that was Roman's first big singles win. And they haven't had a match on pay-per-view since. Need one. Which is, like, uh, like, that was 2014, dude. It's 2022. It's been eight years. Wow. We need to see Orton and Reigns at some point or another. Like, I, I don't understand how they've been kept away from each other. Um, it's almost impressive, but we can't act like WWE did that on purpose. So, is what it is. I also have Randy Orton's street fight with Daniel Bryan from Monday Night Raw 2013. This was like the beginning of Bryan's, you know, first big run. This is what led to him facing John Cena at SummerSlam. And Orton cashing in on Daniel Bryan right after that, after Triple H turned on him. But this street fight, they were both faces at the time. And uh, they had had a match earlier in the night that I guess went to a no contest. And then they continued, the you know, they, they said they would restart the match in the main event, but they would make it a street fight. So the way Daniel Bryan, he wins this match, there's a kendo stick involved and it's used throughout the match. And Daniel Bryan actually puts on the uh, the yes lock with the kendo stick after Orton tried beating him off with it. That just sounds like it hurts. Yeah. So Brian caught it and then used it to rear back, you know, and he has the fucking kendo stick across his face for the yes lock, and Orton's face is all contorted, and he actually taps out. And that was a huge win for Daniel Bryan because this was like on, like he wasn't a steady main eventer yet, but this was like what was building towards it. Yeah, and the was, fans are really starting yeah, to yeah. get behind him. And, like, you know, uh, one of the great things I want to point out about uh, Randy Orton, um, he didn't have a problem putting anybody over. Anybody who needed it, 
whether it was a big name or a name that was up and coming, you know, or an old old school veteran, whatever. Like, dude, Randy Orton, he's put over Sheamus. He's put over Mark Henry. He's put over Christian. He's put over Kofi Kingston. Um, like he he put over Roman Reigns when he was you know early in, into his singles run and shit like that. Like he's put all these guys, man. Like he has no problem. He put Daniel Bryan over huge here. Yeah, tapping out. Bryan was on his way to the main event. This was a huge you know step in that direction for uh, for Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton was always good for that man and he still is. He still is, you know. Um, and the last one I want to touch on from uh, our honorable mention list: Randy Orton versus Luke Harper, the late Brody Lee. This came from Elimination Chamber in 2017. This is when Randy Orton was in the Wyatt family, and he had just won the Rumble. And this is the same night Bray Wyatt actually wins the WWE Championship inside the chamber. But before that, Randy Orton was beefing with Luke Harper because Harper, you know, if, if you remember. He was on to Orton. He knew that he could, he wasn't to be trusted, and Bray yeah, Wyatt basically sided with Orton, which is fucked up. And this caused Luke Harper like had a, a quick face run, but it was like his matches were really good, and we were kind of all hoping he was going to be added to the WWE Championship match, but that was wishful thinking, obviously. Um, but this match with Randy Orton, man, Orton. Orton did win this match because he was the number one contender for the WWE Championship, but like. He's one of the few guys that was a- actually able to give Luke Harper a fucking standout match and give him like a big pay-per-view one-on-one match because Luke Harper didn't get too many of those. He didn't get too many opportunities like that. And, you know, the show, apparently it wasn't enough, but it should have been because he showed he can hang with one of the best wrestlers in the damn world in this match. Yeah, Luke Harper should have been used a lot better. So much better. But that's our honorable mentions. We'll touch in our top 20 in, uh, in just a little bit, so uh, stick with us. All right, well, those were our best RKOs and honorable mentions. Going to dive right into this top 20. Uh, greatest matches of Randy Orton's career. At number 20, I got Randy Orton versus Christian. World Heavyweight Championship, no-holds-barred match from SummerSlam 2011. This is basically the end of their summer-long feud over the World Heavyweight title. Um, there's a couple more matches from that feud on this list. Uh, the one at SummerSlam, this was Randy Orton... This, this is feud. the one where he RKO's him on the steps? Yeah. And it's the one where you could see Orton, you know, takes a lot of that RKO in the back of his head on those steps really awkwardly. And uh, it, it was, again, that, that they had about, like, what, five or six matches in that entire feud. Yeah, they switched the title. A couple times. Time. Yeah. So this was the end of that feud, SummerSlam 2011. Um, what probably the best match of that on that card? Number nineteen, I got Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania thirty one. My number one RKO. Yeah, the match itself though was it actually was, it was really great good too. You know they worked really well together. Again, you don't really see Orton and Rollins working. That's that another much. feud we got to see more of. We saw them a little bit earlier this year in those tag matches. Yeah, but one on one, they they need. I think they actually had a one on one on Raw, but like a program. Yeah, right? yeah, I agree. 
you know, it's it's been a while because that was around the time of the authority, and it was later that night where Seth Rollins cashed in Money in the Bank on Brock and Roman. Yeah. Um. So that's what you know that night's remembered for. But Randy Orton and Seth Rollins had a banger on. I think it was like the second match of the night, and you know, like Mike said, you know, his favorite RKO and definitely a top two, top three RKO, if not the best. Um. You know, off the curb, st- uh, off the curb stomp. Yeah, that shit was just timed perfectly. Like you just see how high. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Seth Randy Rollins Orton had to air. help Seth Rollins get that high up. He just looks like he's launched in fucking orbit, and yeah, just lands and perfectly down, into it. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's it's a thing of beauty. So can't can't really blame you for you know putting that as your number one RKO, and uh, yeah, the match itself was really good as well. Um, number eighteen, I got. It's kind of a gem. Because Taboo Tuesday, I, I had to actually look for in the search bar on Peacock. I couldn't actually find it on premium live it, events. I don't... All right? I I, don't you just even, have to know that it exists and it should be on there. And if you type it in the search bar, that's how I didn't even it. watch these when they were coming on Me live. Either. Me Ta- either. Taboo Tuesday? We had school the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a fucking Tuesday. You know? Like, come on. We're not going to get a pay-per-view on a fucking Tuesday night. Yeah. You know, let alone have the access to vote on the uh, stipulations and the opponents. Um, but this Taboo Tuesday was the first one of its kind. This was in 2004, and this was right after Randy Orton had gotten kicked out of Evolution for winning the World Heavyweight title, becoming the youngest world champion. Um, and then not long after that, Triple H beat him for the title. And, you know, again, had another chokehold on the World Heavyweight title scene for about another year or so. And... This match with Ric Flair, Ric Flair was the heel. Orton was actually the baby face, even though at this time he didn't really know how to be a face. You know what I mean? Yeah, some people are just natural heels. You know, as far as him being a face, he was, you know, out of place. But the match itself against Ric Flair, it was voted on to be a steel cage match because the whole point of Taboo Tuesday is the fans get to be interactive. They vote on the stipulations or the opponents, depending on, you know, who, who it is. And it was going to be Ric Flair versus Randy Orton, but they voted on whether it would be Steel Cage, False Count Anywhere, or I think, I don't know, like a Street Fighter, some shit. I don't know. But obviously Steel Cage was an overwhelming favorite. I think it got 63% of the votes. And these guys were actually the main event. Triple H and Shawn Michaels had a World Heavyweight Championship match, the the match right before this. I, I think Shawn Michaels was voted to be Triple H's opponent. And Ric Flair and Randy Orton went on last Steel Cage match. And the match went on just about over 10 minutes, but it just go, just went to show you, like, Ric Flair, even in 2004, still, you know, knew how to put on a great match. Yeah. He was had to be in his at least mid-50s, early Flair to mid-50s here. Randy Orton was 24. Ric Flair said he wants to die in the ring. <laughs> well, they both were busted open in this match. They bled like crazy. Um, yeah, this was a hell of a match. Really, really entertaining. Just over 10 minutes. A lot of action in it. Good stories told. Randy Orton wins with an RKO. He even gets Ric Flair's respect at the end of the match. Shakes hands. You know, they they both shake hands. Um, Again, this is a match that you honestly have to know exists because otherwise you won't be able to find it. You have to literally go in the search bar and type in Taboo Tuesday. And I think the two Taboo Tuesday pay-per-views will show up because it was like an 04 and 05. Yeah, it didn't last long. No. Well, it turned into Cyber Sunday for a couple years, and then that went away, too. So, because it was the same concept, only on a Sunday, which made more sense. Yeah, Tuesday didn't work out too good. No. But 
Ric Flair and Randy Orton, man. That was a rare gem. Steel cage match. Bloody affair. Um, at number 17, speaking of cage matches and blood, Randy Orton and The Undertaker. They're hell in a cell. Armageddon 2005. Also the culmination of their year-long feud that started at WrestleMania. We'll talk about that one soon. Uh, Isn't this the one where like Randy Orton's pops was involved and shit? Too? Yeah, he was bleeding in this match, you yeah. know, on the outside of it. Um, everybody in this match was. Randy Orton takes a couple of wicked chair shots. I think that's how he bleeds. And, yeah, Undertaker lit his ass up in this match, you know. But Randy Orton, again, you know, kind of like another match we're going to talk about later on. Like, it just, you know, went on to show you, like, at such a young age, Randy Orton can hang with legit the best wrestlers in, you know, in the yeah, company, in the world. Yeah, you what you were going to get out of them. Yeah, you know, and uh, this Hell in a Cell match with uh, with Undertaker, I feel like it's an underrated Hell in a Cell match. You don't really hear too much about it because it's not, you know, Undertaker and Foley or Undertaker and Michaels. Um, you know, the certain Hell in a Cell matches that get more, you know, get more love and get more, um, you know, recognition than others. This one is kind of like a slept on gem. It's almost one of the last ones that had the original um, lowered cage, lowered roof. You know, cause it they did were raise still, it after a while. Uh, yeah, it was a few years later that they would raise the cage this way. You know, at least you would think try to prevent people from climbing the top, and it didn't. Um, but this is the old school one because Randy Orton does like a cross body on the Undertaker onto a table, and he can't get up as high because he's so tall. He's like literally touching the roof, and he would have hit his head on the roof. So he has to like kind of jump forward instead of out, and like you know, like get as much height as he can. Yeah. But uh, and that was around the time Orton was still doing cross bodies off the top rope. You notice he hasn't done that shit, like, probably since the mid-2000s. Because he doesn't need to. No. You know? Um, and it's that, a dope move, but it's not... Not something he needs to do, which is why he cut it out. You know? Uh, but again, Randy Orton, Undertaker, obviously Undertaker wins that. That ended the entire feud that started at WrestleMania earlier that year. Uh, at number 16, Randy Orton, another rare gem... You have to go and find this. SmackDown 2006. This is right after Rey Mysterio won the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania. The, actually, the SmackDown right after that WrestleMania. His first title defense. His very first title defense was against Randy Orton on SmackDown, who he had just actually pinned at WrestleMania to win that title against also Kurt Angle. Um, they, these guys had a fucking banger right out the gate on SmackDown. Um, this wasn't even the main event, which was like, wow, I don't know how you didn't put this on last but man these guys gave you like a pay-per-view quality match in the middle of smackdown for the world title um again i think randy orton has one of the best drop kicks i've at least i've ever seen and he catches ray mysterio who's about to springboard off the top rope and do some move and orton literally just meets him there drop kicks him right in the fucking chest and face he just like falls to the outside off the apron it's a thing of fucking beauty man Randy Orton again. He was like twenty five, twenty six, going up against Ray yeah, in his he's prime. Really athletic. Going up against a prime Ray at that point, you know. Um, and of course, you know Ray Mysterio did wind up winning. This was his very first title defense. He would carry it for a few months and then lose it. And Randy Orton, he wouldn't get another world title for another year. But this this match itself, again, it's a rare gem because it's just, it's just in the middle of you know mid two thousands on SmackDown. You kind of have to know it ha knew it happened. In order to go and look for it, it's not something that anybody really talks about. Um, but yeah, Orton and Rey Mysterio, 2006, Rey Mysterio came on on top. 
Number 15, I got another one from Raw 2007, Randy Orton versus Edge. This actually kicks off this episode of Monday Night Raw. And this was pretty much the end of Rated RKO. Was, didn't you say this was supposed to be a pay-per-view match? No, all right, so this is what happened. So the Raw before this particular episode of Monday Night Raw was the go-home show to Backlash 2007. That show in particular had a match between John Cena and Shawn Michaels that lasted one hour that saw Shawn Michaels defeat John Cena. Because that match lasted an hour, they cut this one. It cut Randy Orton versus Edge, which was also supposed to happen that night. So instead, we got Randy Orton versus Edge the week later to kick off that Monday Night Raw. So Randy Orton and Edge, they were team rated RKO. They were both heels, but they were clearly splitting up. So these guys just went out and had, again, a pay-per-view quality match on Monday Night Raw. And we see Randy Orton take some pretty nasty bumps in this match. Like Randy Orton, he gets hit off of the ring apron and bounces off the damn table. The table doesn't budge, doesn't break. Yeah, he just, he, he cleared the whole thing. He didn't touch yeah. the floor at all. He, he, yeah, exactly. And Randy Orton's a big dude. Edge almost like speared him onto that, you know, off the apron. And he bounced off of that damn table like it was Rey Mysterio. It was crazy. The crowd went nuts. I think he even took the uh, the commentator's uh, headsets off, so there was no commentary to it. It was just like dead silent. All you could hear was the crowd's reaction. So it was a really cool touch. And later on in that match, there's a part where Randy Orton, he's doing uh, you know the 10 punches in the corner, and Edge, he lifts him off of him and plants him headfirst into the turnbuckle. And there must have been something on that turnbuckle that legit sliced Randy Orton open. You just see blood start pouring out of his head as soon as he lands. And... Randy Orton is, you know, before you know it, his face is like legit covered. And, you know, this, it, it just heightened, you know, just put that much more into this match because it was such a kick-ass match with a lot of like good reversals and, you know, awesome bumps. And it it ends, Orton, you know, he, he has the RKO reversed. He turns around, runs right into a spear. Edge gets a clean one, two, three. But Orton looked, you know, tremendous in defeat. You know, he looked like he didn't lose a thing because he, he, he took a beating in this match and it really took Edge everything in him to take him out, you know. So it was just a real unique match because you don't ever see like two top heels face each other like this and put out like a like almost like a it's like a five star TV match, I would say, you know. And then they'd be feuding almost 20 years later. Yeah, you know, they, they feuded on an awful lot after that. But I, I always love that particular Randy Orton versus Edge match because it's just like a, you know, a random match that you, you just, not really random, but just, you know, a match that honestly should have been on a pay-per-view. It was, yeah. you know, it started off Monday Night Raw and it was That's like, holy shit. That's what the era was good for, though. You got really good TV matches. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a match. Um, number 14, I this is a match that I, I there's no way I can put, I, I can't put this on the countdown. I, I got, um... Triple threat from WrestleMania 30, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, Batista. It's one of the best triple threat matches ever. Yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is, Randy Orton's not even a part of the uh, the decision. No, Batista's absolutely. Yep. So Randy Orton loses his World Heavyweight Championship, but without even, you know, getting pinned or submitting. And uh, But again, you know, this is the, this was the match where he, you know, him and Batista did that. Batista bomb RKO to Brian on the table, but Orton wound up taking the worst end of it because he spiked himself on yeah. on that monitor, man. It's it's really rough to check out. But the match itself, I mean, you know, Orton and Brian had had a, a, a nearly a year-long feud that culminated at that WrestleMania 
with Orton being the chosen one from the authority. And it was Orton that basically stole the title from Daniel Bryan a couple times during that entire year. So, you know, it all came together at WrestleMania 30 with Bryan going over it. You know, um, classic match. Randy Orton was a huge part of that. Number 13, second Christian match I have from this, uh, from that feud, and particularly from uh, Over the Limit, Randy Orton's first title defense in this feud. Um, a lot of counters, you know, Christian borrowed a lot of Edge's moves because Edge had just recently retired because of his neck. And Edge also helped Christian win his very first World Heavyweight Championship, so Christian was using the spear and a couple of other Edge, you know, signature spots. And uh, again, this ended with Randy Orton basically, um, he goes to like get like a back suplex on him, but Christian flips out of it, lands on his feet. But as he lands on his feet, Randy Orton saw it coming and already drops him with an RKO. Nice. Like the second he lands on his feet, puts Christian down for the one, two, three clean. And, you know, it was just one of the wins that just built to Christian's frustration that would eventually turn him heel in this feud. Um, Because he, you know, we'll get to that match a little later on. But Christian lost the world title five days after winning it. And he lost it to Randy Orton. And that's what started this whole damn thing to uh, to begin with. The series of matches Christian just tried and tried to get his damn title back. And he got it in a cheap way. He won the title by disqualification months later. Like a pussy. (laughs) But uh, that was the best part of it. Because Christian at that point was such a, you know... A, a shithead heel, you you know, like it just made sense. Yeah, it just made him even more hateable. So, and that's what led to the SummerSlam match, where you know Orton got it back in the no holds barred, you know, match. Um, but yeah, this Christian Randy Orton feud, I, it's one of my favorite feuds Randy Orton ever had because it, it was like Randy Orton was a face this whole time, and this was like the first big run he had as a top face. And him and Christian just had a, a chemistry that nobody expected them to have, and every one of their matches were. Like, some of the best matches we got that year. Um, so I, I got one more Christian-Randy Orton match. It's going to be a little later on. Um, number 12. I think I mentioned it earlier. The match where uh, John Cena almost got blown up by Pyro. Yeah. Bragging rights, 2009. WWE title. No yeah, dis- so many weird pay-per-views. Yeah. No disqualification Iron Man match. The only Iron Man match of its kind. Dudes went 60 minutes, and they went all over the crowd. And yes, Randy Orton tried blowing John Cena up with the pyro. Randy Orton was at his absolute heel best in 2009 from beating every single one of the McMahons to nearly trying to kill John Cena to win the WWE Championship to retain it. Just Randy Orton was a bastard in 2009. And you just see him at his psychotic best in this match. You see the like the like you when you hear the like the voices, like the the, the, the entrance music. It's like Randy Orton almost is like con- conflicted in this match. Like you can almost see him like he's almost like he is hearing voices. It's pretty crazy. And you even see him when he's like smashing all the fucking buttons to try to blow up John Cena on the stage. Roll good. He is perfect in that role. And in his 2009 heel run, man, it might be one of Randy Orton's greatest runs because that's what made him. And he was only like in his late 20s, if not even 30 yet, you know, and he was just hitting it right there. Yeah. You know, like he was the top heel at that point. He got good at such a young age. He did. 
And uh, this match with John Cena, man, these guys, they went fucking back and forth for an hour. Like I said, the only no disqualification Iron Man match. And honestly, couldn't find two better guys to pull it off with. Cena and Orton don't need to have a Matt Classic. I don't think anybody wants to see that from them. Nah. They're they're good, like, you know, they're, they're great at telling a story. Whether it's a fucking, you know, a brawl or, you know, Cena and Orton, man, it's one of the best rivalries in WWE history. And uh, John Cena actually wins this match. He has Randy Orton locked in the STF for, like, nearly the last minute. And I think with, like, eight seconds left, Randy Orton taps out. And they were tied before that tap out. So Cena tapped him out with, like, eight seconds left, won the WWE Championship. And that ended their feud in that feud in particular because Cena and Orton have feuded, like, at least... Five different fucking times. Yeah, I was gonna say they have many feuds. So that was one of the that was like one of their biggest ones. I think some of their best matches came from that one in two thousand nine, and that Iron Man match was the end of that feud because before that they had a Hell in a Cell match, which that usually ends a feud, but the Iron Man match ended this one. They they had so many fucking matches, uh, but it's not a Randy Orton list without John Cena. So the Iron Man match. Lost to John Cena. Number 11, Randy Orton becomes the youngest world heavyweight championship. Well, he doesn't become the youngest championship. <laughs> he becomes the youngest world champion. He beats Chris Benoit. Obviously, this is a match that's not talked about ever for the reason, you know, being his opponent. But it happened, and it's impossible to, to not acknowledge it. Yeah, this is uh, Benoit dropped the title. This was after his title win at Mania. He dropped it to Orton, right? Yep, at SummerSlam. And the main event, and this was Randy Orton again, 24 years old. Two years before this, Brock Lesnar became the youngest world champion when he beat The Rock, also at SummerSlam. Wow. And Brock had just left the company at WrestleMania that year, so something tells me, you know, Vince McMahon probably wanting to, you know, erase that notion of Brock being the youngest champion. Meanwhile, you have Randy Orton here, who's just a year younger and has all the potential. And thankfully, it worked out. Yeah. Randy Orton took out Chris Benoit with one RKO that legit did kind of come out of nowhere, even though it wasn't like that type of RKO. It's just kind of like they chain wrestled out of it before you know it, dropped him. He even did it in Canada. That SummerSlam took place in Canada. Randy Orton beat Benoit in his home country for the World Heavyweight really? Championship. Really? I remember that. Chris Benoit, again, it sucks because it's a great moment, but it's a moment that they can never see, and I'm not, you know, I don't blame them. Um, Chris Benoit actually gives him his respect, puts his hand out, and he's yelling at Orton to be a man, shake my hand. Orton shakes his hand. Benoit leaves on his own power, gives Orton the spotlight, like Randy Orton, like it just—it's just a shame because that match could never be talked about. It could never be, you know. Yeah. That like they—I don't know if you saw it. They had like a top twenty Randy Orton moments countdown. WWE.com put it out, and this is not on it at all. They don't even show him holding the damn world title at SummerSlam becoming, wow. which is what they've done in the past. They don't even show Benoit. They don't show the RKO. They don't show him getting pinned. They literally just show the big gold belt and Randy Orton. They didn't even do that. So his damn. first, what made him the youngest world champion wasn't even Can't on the Yeah, it's just damn. Well, I'm at least doing that at number 11. Top 10. 
earlier that year, I mean, if you can't tell, 2004 was a huge year for Randy Orton, too. And uh, again, that match against Benoit was SummerSlam 04. I believe this was the month or the pay-per-view before that SummerSlam in particular. Randy Orton went up against Edge for the Intercontinental Championship. And Randy was the Intercontinental Champion for like a good, I want to say, eight months. Took it from Rob Van Dam at the end of 03. When the Intercontinental Championship meant something. Yeah, and it was Orton's only title reign. But again, he had it for a lengthy amount of time. And it meant something because, you know, Triple H was the champion evolution. Batista and Flair had the tag titles. Like, they all four of them had titles. Randy Orton was perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, and was. the Intercontinental Championship at the time was perfect for him. You know, so it just made sense. Back at the time when it was still the stepping stone, you know, to the world title or the WWE, whichever one, you know, it was no different around Randy Orton. And then going up against a younger Edge, these two put on an absolute clinic at Vengeance 04. And this was Edge, who had just recently come back from his neck injury that put him out for over a year. Caused Edge to miss two straight WrestleManias, wow. 19 and 20. Two of the greatest WrestleManias. Edge had nothing to do with it. That was when he first fucked his neck up. Yeah, yeah. He had nothing to do with either one of them. He came back right after WrestleMania 20. So this is what led to him, you know, getting back on track and, you know, going up against Orton. I believe this might have been the first time they went up against each other because Orton was, you know, when Edge was hurt, Orton was just coming up. You know, so Intercontinental title match. Match went on for, I want to say, 15 to 20 minutes. Edge beats him for the Intercontinental title. Edge and Randy Orton have a lot of matches. Yes, they do. And they got one more match on this countdown. But uh, this again, you know, Orton went, you know, he he put Edge over, dropped the title. Because he was getting ready to beat Benoit at SummerSlam. Yeah. You know? So, huge match for Orton. Big match for Edge, too. Uh, Number nine, I got Randy Orton and The Undertaker, WrestleMania 21. Top five RKO's. Yeah. And this choke slam into the arcade. Uh, I thought the streak was over there. So with this match, like this is the first time they actually acknowledge the streak, as in like someone's actually going for it. That's the reason why they want to face Undertaker. Before this match, there was either a grudge or a feud coming to an end or whatever. Title was on the line. They mentioned it, but it wasn't like the 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 reason the focal point of the match, right? Randy Orton, being he was, you know, the youngest world champ, and he prided himself on being the legend killer, he wanted to go and be the first person to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He wanted to end the streak. So Randy Orton, yeah, he that made him the first person to really go at the streak, to compete for it, you know, to, to be the first person to beat Undertaker. And the signs were there. I, I remember watching that WrestleMania, and Undertaker came out first. And I'm like, I don't remember Undertaker coming out first for anybody. Yeah, you, that did, it was really, you really thought he was going to lose. Yeah, I was like, wow, they really think highly of Randy Orton. Like, that's crazy. The match itself was great. And, you know, Cowboy Bob got involved. He had the fucking cast on him again. Uh, the broken hand that's never healed. Not since the 80s. <laughs> His hand was broken back then, right? Damn broken hands. Um... But yeah, again, the, the, like you said, the choke slam turned into an RKO. That shit was a thing of beauty. And the, and the way it sounded, too, man, it sounded like they just hit the mat with every fucking bit of their yeah, weight. Yeah, like, I, I thought the Undertaker was about to get pinned. Yeah. And, you know, Undertaker, 
Randy Orton actually attempts a tombstone and then they do the whole, you know, reverse where Undertaker fucking is too heavy for him and it just tur- he just winds up in that position. Yeah. Hits Orton with a tombstone, gets the win. But, I mean, shit, again, Randy Orton showed at, what, age 25. He's in there with the legend. He's in there with Undertaker. He's able to hang with these guys. You know, um, put on a great match at WrestleMania 21. He didn't need to win that match. The the fact that he put on a great match, he won. Yeah. Number eight, this was arguably one of the biggest moments of his young career. Um, triple threat match, WrestleMania 24, Orlando, Florida. Randy Orton retaining the championship against Triple H and John Cena. And Triple H, he just pedigrees John Cena. He gets the pin. Orton fucking punts Triple H and pins John Cena and wins. But that's not the finish was brilliant. But the match itself, man, you see like some really cool spots. I think you had, you know, Triple H had John Cena in like the doomsday device position, and Randy Orton actually cross bodies him off of Triple H's shoulders. Well, but yeah, a lot of action and a triple threat. That the, my only complaint is that I thought we could have seen like a few more minutes because I was I felt like it was getting really fucking good, and then Orton punts Triple H off of John Cena, gets the win. But I, I feel like that was such a huge like upset because everyone either had John Cena or Triple H. They were both faces. Orton was the heel. Orton had did some, like I said, horrible shit leading up to that. He's the one that hurt John Cena, you know, storyline-wise. And obviously the past he's had with Triple H, you know, like Orton was a, was a bastard at this point. And he wasn't even, like, getting started yet. But yeah, like, no one expected Orton to retain here. So when he retained... He pinned Cena, too. Like, it was like, holy shit. Like, it was a legit shock. And, like, Randy Orton became, like, one of the rare WWE champions that walked into WrestleMania. And walked out. Yeah. Like, that. that's more often than not, they, they lose the title. Randy Orton, you know, became a part of, like, an elite class that night. Only at, like, you know, mid to late 20s. So that I, I felt like that was a huge, you know, match right there. Like, he beat the two top faces, you know, other than Undertaker. Like in it, like in their fucking prime at WrestleMania with the title on the line, like huge, you know. Um, number six, talk about huge. Wait, is this number? No, my bad. Shit, I'm on. Man, I'm bugging. I'm skipping number seven. The John Cena match. Yeah, number seven. Speaking of huge, TLC. WWE World Heavyweight Championship Unification. John Cena, champion versus champion. TLC 2013. I remember this. This was, uh, I mean, yeah, one of the many John Cena-Randy Orton matches. Randy Orton was the WWE champ. Cena was the world heavyweight champion. And, uh, yeah, they have a TLC match to unify them. Randy Orton becomes the first WWE world heavyweight champion. And I don't know if you remember the bump, but... Like, he handcuffed John Cena, I think, to the ladder or something, or handcuffed him to the rope, to the top rope, and he yanks him off the top of the ladder, and there's a table set up on the turnbuckle, like, you know, standing up. He breaks, like, the very bottom of that table. He barely even breaks that table. And, like, John Cena almost lands, like, face and neck first onto that fucking table. And it looked rough, man. And Randy Orton, he was like, I remember him even talking about it. Like, he takes his, like, sweet-ass time climbing up that ladder before he unhooks the titles 
from the apparatus. John, John, you said John Cena was handcuffed. Yeah, well, he was handcuffed, but he was also, like, laid the fuck out from that table spot. And the rope broke in that match, yeah. right? So, Randy Orton, he's just literally, like, taking it all in, unhooking it all slowly, watching everybody all pissed off that he's about to win the match. And Randy Orton's talking about, like, in a recent interview, I think, um, he was talking about this finish in particular, how, you know, how he just, like, soaked it all in and took his sweet-ass time. Shit, though. Uh, before he became the first ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion. But again, TLC match, a lot of, lot of dangerous spots. Well, not dangerous, but, you know, a lot of cool spots that you wouldn't expect to see in a John Cena-Randy Orton match, you know. Um, but yeah, it was arguably Randy Orton's biggest moment. He became, you know, <laughs> one of the few that's held two titles. Yeah, well, That's Roman Reigns right now. Match. Yeah, that's Roman Reigns right now. It's no different from Randy when Jericho. Did it first. Well, Jericho, well, Jericho did it first. Yeah. Jericho did it first. And then Randy did it first years later in that decade. Roman did it first in this decade. Yeah. There you go. It's more accurate, really. Number six Randy Orton, Triple H for the WWE Championship, Last Man Standing, No Mercy 2007. This was originally going to be our um, watch along. I'm going to tell you what our watch-along is in just a little bit. This is a hell of a match. The story behind this, too, No Mercy 2007 is interesting because it was supposed to be the main event, Randy Orton and John Cena, for the title. But John Cena, the role before that, had tore his peck. Therefore, he had to give up the title. This No Mercy starts off with Vince McMahon awarding Randy Orton the championship. Triple H comes out and pressures Randy Orton into giving him a title shot right then and there. Orton accepts Triple H in 10 minutes, gets a roll-up victory on Orton, wins the title from him. Randy Orton literally just has the title for 20 minutes. Triple H, later that night, was also scheduled to fight Umaga already. Now that's a WWE Championship This was match. when Triple H fought three times that night, right? Yes. He defeats Umaga, retains the title. Before the night's over, Randy Orton invokes his rematch clause in a last-man-standing match. <laughs> And again, Cena and Orton were supposed to have a last man standing match. So at least the people, they didn't get Cena and Orton, but they got Triple H and Orton. Yeah, nobody's going to complain about that. And these guys, man. Triple H, again, like you said, his third match. He fought in the very beginning, very middle, the very end. Randy Orton began and closed. Both wrestling multiple matches, but Triple H, you obviously know, is he's banged up. Yeah. He just fought Umaga after fighting Orton. Now he's got a last man standing match. And man, Triple H takes a fucking whooping in this match, man. He gets RKO'd face first onto the steel chair. He's busted open. It's just... Triple H is basically, you know, just trying to fight off, you know, not being the last man standing, trying to fight off being knocked out, barely making the, you know, 10 count. And, as, you know, at the end of the match, he goes to pedigree Triple H. Uh, Triple H goes to pedigree Randy Orton on the announce table. And Randy Orton, out of nowhere, just turns it into an RKO. Table does not break. Mm. Orton gets back in the ring barely. Triple H rolls off the table, climbing to the fucking apron at nine. Can't make the ten count. Orton wins back the fucking title he was awarded earlier in that night. Wow. It's a lot. changes in one night? Yeah. It's a lot better than I made it sound, too. Promise you. (laughs) Top five, Randy Orton versus Edge, 
what was billed as the greatest wrestling match ever from Backlash 2020. Wasn't quite the greatest wrestling match ever, but I will give it the fifth greatest Randy Orton match ever, for what yeah. it's worth. How about that? I, that perfectly said. This match was, you know, for what it's worth, especially for the time that it happened, just right before the Thunderdome and right pretty much like a month or so into, month, maybe two months into the pandemic in 2020. Yeah, that feels so long ago. It does, but it's only two years ago. And uh, we all know, if we can remember that far back, it sucked. It wasn't shit to do. So this match actually, man, this went on, I feel like, over a half hour. And if you look in the crowd, it's a lot of guys from NXT and on NXT 2.0 as well. So that I've noticed that going back and watching the match a couple of times. But um, this is also the match where Edge tore his peck, and we didn't see him for a long time. Randy Orton again gets busted open the hard way. This time, it comes from a headbutt. Edge actually legit headbutts Randy Orton. Wow. Cracked him fucking open. It's funny. Randy Orton gets busted open the hard way a lot. I've noticed yeah, that. Yeah, Brock did it too. Yeah. And Brock also gets busted open hard way a lot. But I've noticed that, like, Randy Orton, like, a, a lot of the times I've seen him bleed, it, it's like, he didn't bleed. Like, he, he got, like, I remember a match he had against Shane McMahon. He got fucking nailed with a TV monitor, like, legit. It's like, how do you fucking hit someone for real with a TV monitor? <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. But, like, instant bleeding. Like, like I just remember seeing, like, oh, shit, like, that's, that's fucking rough. Can't fake that. But yeah, Randy Orton and Edge, greatest wrestling match ever. Backlash 2020. Definitely um, made it a little easier. Bleh. Made it a little easier to get through uh, the pandemic with matches like that. You know, um, deserved, a, deserved a full crowd. Yeah, it did. Instead of that performance center shit. Uh, number four. It's my last Randy Orton Christian match for the world title. This is the match that started the feud. SmackDown. Again, five days after Christian wins the ladder match against Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight title. Vacant. Well, technically two days. Yeah, you're right. Five WWE Universe days. <laughs> two real life days because SmackDown was taped on Tuesday and shown Friday. So Christian legit just held that big gold belt for two days. Yeah, I wonder if they even, he got pissed off. they even make a nameplate. Probably not. I guess they eventually had to when he won it back by disqualification, but still. It sucks. Either way, this match, it was taped. And I remember sometimes on WWE.com, because I think it wasn't a secret that SmackDown has been taped for years, if not the entire time. Um, sometimes when something really big would happen on SmackDown, clearly it would be, you know, spoilers would always get out. So WWE would put on their website, like, I remember, for instance, when Edge cashed in Money in the Bank on Undertaker. That was put on the website that Tuesday night mm-hmm. for Thursday or Friday, whenever the fuck SmackDown was on at the time. And this was no different. When Orton beat Christian two real days into his title reign, I remember online, like, internet fans were really pissed off because, like, they were so happy for Christian. And Randy Orton, of all fucking people, gets, like, his eighth world title reign. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was like, ooh, that's not gonna that's not gonna go over well. And then I remember watching, I was like, I'm gonna go and watch that. And I think that's why WWE did that. 
because SmackDown's ratings were never that great. But if they had something that, you know, oh, that sounds good, I'll tune in for that. I think that was the point behind it. Yeah. To get people to like to see, hey, Randy Orton's going to win the world title this week. See how it happens. So it got me. And I watched the match. And I was like, holy shit, that match was fucking incredible. One of the best TV matches you'll see. And the crowd, for some reason, was like really into it. Like the environment made it that much better. Like, certain moves were, like, treated as, like, bigger deals, like, when you got the near fall from the vintage Orton DDT. Like, the crowd went nuts when he hit it. And then when Christian kicked out at two, Orton sold the shit out of him. He's like, oh, come on. Like, what the hell? And then Christian would hit him with, like, his reverse DDT, and that would get a big near fall reaction. Just, like, all these counters. And then it turned into what, you know, I didn't mention this is one of my favorite RKOs, but when Christian would usually go for the sunset flip from the second rope, and he tried to do that on Orton, and Orton hit him with the RKO out of nowhere. Yeah. Stole the fucking world title from him. Crowd went absolutely nuts. And then the way the commentators built it, because I remember it was Josh Matthews and Booker T, and I believe Michael Cole. So he had that coal mine bullshit. But they were talking about how Christian had just won the world title. And now it's gone. Dream is already over. It was a fluke victory. And Randy Orton, who's like the man, just, you know... Showed him what, what it was. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just such a great story and a great way to be like, wow. Like, damn, Christian got played. But, like, now we got to see if he gets it back. I remember back. seeing that he lost. Like, I saw it online, too. And I was like, well, didn't he just win this shit? Yeah. Like, and I, I remember kind of being a little upset at that because, like, I was like, at least give Christian something. Yeah, give like, him at least a but month. But I remember watching this match. I was like, all right, this match was pretty damn great. I'm actually okay with that. And I remember 2011 was another really good year for Orton because he was putting on performances left and right, not just with Christian, but again, he had really good matches with Mark Henry, who was putting on the best performances of his career, too. Um, You know, him and Sheamus were having really good matches on SmackDown. Like, Orton, him and Punk had some good matches earlier that year before Punk really blew up. Um, Randy Orton was on another level in 2011, you know, and he was just getting a little more comfortable as being a face because he had spent most of his career as a heel. Now he was like the, the second face next to John Cena of the company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's why he was on SmackDown and, you know, Cena was on Raw. But, yeah, this SmackDown from 2011 in the spring, Randy Orton versus Christian for the world title. I, it's one of my favorite matches from Orton. Uh, number three. I smell a watch along. Is this the one? This is the one. Randy Orton. Defending the WWE title versus Shawn Michaels, Survivor Series 2007. Yeah, it sounds like a banger. It's funny. Making this list before, I had this match in my top 10, but a little lower. Not in the top five. I went back and watched this. And I don't know why, because I do remember this match really well. I remember watching this on pay-per-view. I remember the feud very well. And... I went back and watched this a couple of nights ago and I was like, wow, this match is amazing because the story behind this, the match they had in the pay-per-view before, Shawn Michaels was gearing up for a super kick and Randy Orton ducked and punched him right in the balls and caused a disqualification. Orton get to, got, you know, got to keep his title. And Randy Orton was afraid of the super kick because Michaels kept connecting with him every Monday Night Raw and Orton would sell the super kick beautifully. Um, so the stipulation going into this match at Survivor Series is that if Michaels hit his super kick and used it, he would get disqualified. However, if Randy Orton got himself disqualified, he would lose the WWE Championship. 
So you got Shawn Michaels who can't use his best move, right? This guy turns into a fucking submission wrestler. And he uses every damn submission in the book. And not just that, he just wrestles Randy Orton. Like, he, you know, you see him attempt to use a super kick or, tr- or think twice about it, like kind of hesitate because, you know, he knows he can't use it or he's trying to fake Orton out and make him think he's going to use it. It's just such a, it's such a well-thought-out match. And again, Randy Orton is barely mid to late 20s, again, going up against Shawn Michaels in his second prime. Randy Orton has not even scratched the surface of his own prime and one of his greatest matches, and in my opinion, Shawn Michaels. Now, Shawn Michaels does wind up losing this match because at the very end of this match, which we'll, you know, talk about, you know, on the watch along, he goes for a super kick, but then remembers once again, because he's so used to hitting it, he can't use it. So he hesitates, and in that hesitation, Randy Orton just hits him with an RKO, flattens him, gets the clean one, two, three. Then at the end of the match, Randy Orton tries to shove it in his face. He eats a super kick for good measure. And he sells it beautifully, which, again, you will see at the end of this episode. It's great. So just wanted you guys to know that's the match we're going to talk about. We're going to show you right after this list very shortly. Number two, to me, this is like Randy Orton heel at his best. Yes. This is, to me, at his heel best. Breaking point. WWE Championship I Quit match from 2009. Randy Orton, like, the match starts off with a quick bang. Like, they hit some signature moves that we used to see them build up to. But eventually Orton gets, you know, the better of him because John Cena, again, I guess he got knocked out on Raw. He got hit with an RKO on a chair or whatever. Randy Orton's done that to him too. So Cena has, like, a you know, kind of like, he's kind of like dinged up. Going, getting into this match. So Orton gets the quick advantage. He's beating him with kendo sticks. He eventually gets the handcuffs out. Handcuffs him around the post. And this dude starts eating, John Cena I'm talking about, starts eating some of the most brutal kendo stick shots you can ever see. Like you see the welts form on his stomach. He's like taking legit shots. And then Orton Damn, even... just got to hurt. Dude, Orton even hits him in the head a couple times. Exposed. Damn. And Cena is, like, screaming in pain. If he's not... If this is selling, then I understand why he's in Hollywood. He brings him to the next turnbuckle, and that's when John Cena actually gets the uh, the advantage. Back body drops Orton right near him, and he takes the key from off his neck, unhooks himself. He handcuffs himself to Randy Orton. And when Randy Orton realizes it, John Cena just starts fucking hulking up, and the crowd starts losing its shit. So John Cena just took this... Brutal ass whipping that had chairs and kendo sticks. Now he's about to give Orton a business and Orton has nowhere to hide. And he's about to get every fucking bit of it back. It all leads to John Cena. You know, you see Orton fucking reaching for the key. He's like literally just like clawing for the key, like just like uh, like inches away from it. And Cena drags him in the middle of the fucking ring. Slaps on the STF, but he also uses Randy Orton's own arm in this STF because he's handcuffed to him, forces him to quit. John Cena gets a WWE Championship, a heel performance of a lifetime. Yeah, and John Cena wasn't really... John Cena was on his reign of terror around this time. Oh, yeah, he, he wasn't particularly liked by the, you know, the male part of the crowd. 
this is around the time where John Cena was it was like, you know, full on John Cena haters other than women and children. Yeah. But yeah, this is a match where even the haters kind of had to respect John Cena. Only Randy Orton match I can put or better than this John Cena one. Randy Orton defended the Intercontinental title against Cactus Jack. Backlash 2004. It was a crazy match. Number they one. Did some crazy shit in that. Man, I mean, we we talked about earlier how Randy Orton, you know, put over Mick Foley big time, you know, on Monday this Night Raw. This was the match he was talking about, man. Foley brought out all the toys. He brought out all the shit that made Cactus Jack who he was. You know, we saw Randy Orton, you know, you hear us complain about the thumbtacks, but it's only because it's one of the many things we're starting to see all the time on AEW now. Yeah, it's, it's done annoying. to death. When Cactus did it, it was literally when it called for it, when it called for the end of a feud, when it called for someone, you know, to had to, you know, earn his stripes. And yeah, it, it doesn't need to be overused like, yeah. every week. And, yeah, this this is when Randy Orton earned his stripes. This is when it showed that, you know, that pretty boy, you know, privileged third-generation wrestler is actually a bad motherfucker and has a mean streak. You know, and Cactus Jack was the one that brought it out, Randy Orton. So, you know, for that, for that, you know, for that little speech Randy Orton gave him a Monday Night Raw, man, this is this is the match. This this is the one that, you know, he explains why he's the legend killer because Randy Orton was put over big time in this. You know, Randy Orton went through the thumbtacks. He he got thrown off of the damn stage onto some like wooden platform and then took a uh, cactus elbow from that stage. You know, like, Randy Orton took all, you know, just about all the fucking signature spots from a Mick Foley hardcore match, you know, and he took the barbed wire, he took, the, you know, he got backdropped into the thumbtacks, but he still won the match, and he defended the Intercontinental title on top of that. Once again, the Intercontinental title meant something when Randy yeah, Orton Yeah, it's not like it is now. You know, um, one of the very few times I think Mick Foley even went after it. But this is the match that legit made, you know, Randy Orton. He had officially arrived after this match. You know, Cactus or Mick Foley, he did that. I've said this plenty of times. He did that for a lot of big names. That was one of the really big, big names that he first beat. Yeah, Randy Orton. You know, and it was, and again, this was the the, the end of, you know, a, a practically a year-long feud. Because this was Backlash 04, so this is April. You know, and... In 03, he kicked him down Madison Square Garden steps, like, that summer. Before that, he spit in his face. So, like, it was something that was literally built for almost a year. You know, and that was the only one-on-one match they had. They had the, 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 the handicap match at WrestleMania with Evolution and Rock and Sock. So all that, they got built up, and they got one match out of it, and it was that one. Yeah, it was good, though. Great fucking feud. Great way to put Randy Orton over, you know, like, without that match, you know, you might you might not see Randy Orton the same for a while. It, may, it might take a lot longer for him to get there, you know, but that's what gave him the, you know, the mean streak that, you know, took him to the levels of destroying the, Vince, uh, you know, the McMahon family and RKOing Hulk Hogan on the fucking, you know, the back of a car. That was the first instance we ever seen of that Randy Orton. That, that, you know, that's the first time we ever saw that mean streak, you know? So without that match, you know, his career could be a little different. But that's our top 20. Uh, when we get back, we are going to hit you with our watch-along.
Like I said, Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels, WWE title, Survivor Series 07. Right after this. Alright, so uh, we are here for the watch-along. Like we said, it's Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels, Survivor Series 2007 for the WWE title. And uh, we're not going to waste any time. So if you have Peacock, I suggest you uh, go to the app right now. Obviously, we're going to go to the WWE tab right in between sports and news. So from there, we're going to go to premium live events. And you're going to scroll right or left, however. You're going to look for Survivor Series. Now the season. It is season 21, episode 1. It's the 21st Survivor Series, 2007. Uh, when you click on it, you'll see Edge in the ring with a chainsaw. <laughs> can't spot that, then I can't help you. So you're going to want to click on that. Remember, Survivor Series 2007, Season 21, Edge, Chainsaw. You got that, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Give yourself a little bit of time. You're going to want to go to the 1 hour, 39 minute, 25 second mark. And that's going to leave us right at uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. About to introduce us, you know, into the video package. That I was talking about that leads to, you know, this match explaining the story. Uh, from there, it'll go right into the match. So, uh, like I said, give yourself some time. One hour, 39 minute, 25 second mark. Whenever you're ready. And we are about to watch along. <laughs> Wait, his career is on the line? Can I hear that, Roy? Is that not what JR just said? His career is on the line. How is he still wrestling after this? Well, if he uses the super stick. Oh. I guess. That's what I just got. See, this is Cyber Sunday I was talking about. Look at this nut shot. Great one, Look at this. Wow. 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 I think there's something else you want to, Sean. Almost as much as that championship. And I think you and I know what that is. You said at home, you thought about the man who came to My favorite Shawn Michaels is bearded, cockeyed Shawn Michaels. <laughs> With the cowboy hat. He, for some reason, 
looks so badass like that. I don't know why. Not with that hat in particular. Not a baseball cap. I'm talking about like a fucking cowboy hat. Ooh, look at that one. He just got shot in the neck. Bang. Turn him fucking 180. <laughs> Bang. You've got it. Ooh. Fucking spin cycle, man. That's what kid music, man. They really bastardized it today. But Randy Orton sells it like a motherfucker, man. Look at that. I can watch him take RK, uh, like sweet chin music, like Rock takes the summer. Yeah. Right, earlier in that. Earlier that year, he, the first person he uh, took out with the punt kick was Michaels. coming out to anything else other than DX music. But DX music doesn't fit this Michaels. You know? No. I, again, I had also, I also had this toy of Shawn Michaels with those pants. Yeah? Yeah. Matter of fact, I think, I definitely had a toy of those pants, but I think it was with a DX shirt. But that's when he started wearing those pants to hide his, uh, his knee braces. Yeah. Like he somehow I don't know how or like when it's when it transitioned to that, but like he kind of snuck it by everybody. Yeah, yeah, well, the show and his tights wouldn't cover Yeah, like it just kind of. I think around when he started fighting uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah, I think that's when he started wearing those uh, those type of pants. Baggy pants, Shawn Michaels. I feel like he wears pants like that at home. Because Orton agreed that if he gets disqualified, he loses the WWE title. Game face. Grizzled vet Shawn Michaels. Yes, he sounds better than the dude. Cock-eyed cowboy hat. 
Oh, burning my light. Old school Orton music. You know how many Orton? You know how many wrestling fans or WWE fans probably don't even know this damn music. Yeah, I like Orton. Yeah, I liked it too. It fit him at the time. But voices is, is to me like my one of my favorite uh, entrance themes of all time. I think the same guy sing. Is it Ref Theory? I think so. I know Ref Theory did voices. I, I didn't know. If you ever heard the full version of Voices, it actually starts out the same way this one is. Yeah, I think it's the same guy that made the song. Might be. But he had this music for a minute. That's how you know it's old school Orton. I can't believe old school Orton is a fucking thing. This is so long. Dude, old school Orton is a thing. This was 07, so we're talking 15 years. I was still in high school. I just, I think I was first year in community college. Good old CC. Yeah, double C. You know, as ugly as that damn WWE championship is, like, I think the only other person who looked normal around other than Cena was Orton. Punk. Punk had it for a while, yeah. But Orton, I don't know. It, it, it didn't look that bad on Orton. It looked odd on Triple H. Triple H actually wore nicer titles before that. Yeah. Part of me is glad Michael didn't win this title. That does not look like it would go on Michael's title. There yeah, they're still spinning at the time. After a while, they just stopped the whole spinning thing. Yeah, yeah. she was dumb. Yeah. And, like, yo, they were still doing, like, spots where they would hit you with the spinner belt. I'm like, that shit's spinning. I don't know. If, like, how do you hit somebody with that? Yeah. I don't know. Awkward and clunky and shit, you know? Like, I can imagine how heavy it is. Like, much of a pain in the ass that is, is like, traveling, you know? I wouldn't want that responsibility, would you? Absolutely not. It's a great one-on-one -on -one match. Straight up one-on-one. -on -one. Clean finish. No bullshit. Watch anything ruthless aggression, Shawn Michaels. Second it really is, man. Look at his pin. Michael shows you how great of a wrestler he is, and not like your typical Michaels match where he does like shit off the top rope or whatever. Like that, you know what I mean? Like he toned that down in his second run. Obviously, he had to. But like this is one of those matches where Shawn Michaels actually shows like how how great of a wrestler he really is. Like. Like he can match wrestling. Another <laughs> yeah. near you fall know. by Michaels and another 
maneuver that Michaels has, has not done his signature on, this, this neck vice. Uh, is another reason I wanted to have this as our watch along because I feel like there's too many super kicks in every fucking match we see anymore. This is a match that actually does not have a super kick. Yeah. Wow. We found it. A match, a super kickless match. Mm. Some people might think this is impossible. Not when you got guys like this in the ring. Not with and the guy who you actually know, one, of, one of them is his finisher. One of them immortalized. Yeah. But his is the only one that puts it down for the count. Can you imagine if people ripped off, like the same way people rip off, that was a beautiful snap, man. And, wow. You imagine instead of the super kick that everybody ripped off of, it was the Hogan leg drop? Oh, wow. <laughs> Survivors. Not gonna work for me, brother. <laughs> I don't think this is a expected. I don't think this is expected. The leg drop would have a completely different legacy. Great leg drop. Come on. Oh. Oh, I see that. Went for the super kick, but realized. Yeah. She's wrestling a smarter match. WWE champion Randy Orton and the body scissors and the reverse chinlock. Can you imagine like Michaels could have done with this, like, with the era of wrestlers that are around now? Jeez, man, that would have been crazy. I mean, basically what he did with you know the Cenas and the Ortons. I think Shawn Michaels and Tommaso Ciampa would have been dope. I think Shawn Michaels and Braun Breaker would be dope. I'm thinking fucking like Shawn Michaels and Roman Reigns. How I'm thinking Shawn Michaels and Rollins would be sick. Yeah. My, how, just imagine how what Michaels could have done for Roman. Yeah. Good lord. Look at this. to the head. Looks solid too, you know. Shawn Michaels and Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. Shit, Sean and Shinsuke. Oh my God, yeah. Wow. If they ever gave a damn about him, I mean, obviously Danielson, AJ, like you know, everybody says that. We all know that. Yeah, AJ Styles and Sean Michaels is a super dream match. Yeah, we all know that. Damn. Love how Shawn Michaels is starting the match. Michael's 
Landed perfectly, though. Yeah, if you are going to wait that long, landed perfectly. I mean, how many times we see in AEW, they, they're they basically forced to wait forever, and they still land it like shit. A lot. <laughs> Makes the guy waiting look like an even bigger idiot. Yeah, just standing there, right? Waiting to... Waiting to get jumped on. To fake get hit. <laughs> As if... We didn't already know it was, you know, scripted. The heel of his boot caught my whole body. Look at this. At least he lands directly on him. Yeah, but it's Cesaro. I think Orton gives like one of the best European uppercuts. That's another one. Shawn Michaels and Cesaro. Yeah. I want to give somebody a European uppercut. That'd be pretty dope. Has to feel pretty satisfied. Right? It looks like it does at least. No, sharpshooter. Not the prettiest looking sharpshooter. Oh, 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 come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. There you go. That looks a little better. Oh, now he's now he's really he's making up for that shit. Ah, there you go. That's how you make up for it. Apologize to Randy in the back later. <laughs> it started off like shit, but he rebounded nicely. Yeah, it's a, that looks like it hurts. Ran back. Oh fuck! If anybody not last named Hart could put on the sharpshooter, it should be Michael's. You think? God damn it! Yeah, right. the way he fell when he tried to put it in. Yeah, but I mean, still he rebounded nicely. Yeah. He reared back on that motherfucker. Man. Ow, oh, fuck. Jeez. How does that not hurt? I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Just, fuck, man. How does that not kill your neck? There's no way it doesn't. Look at this. Just a whiplash. Whoop. No thanks. Oh. It's like simple things that Shawn Michaels sells, like the fucking knees to the face, the kicks to the limbs. You know, like Michaels looks makes he, he makes everything look so believable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the vintage Orton DDT. Nice near fall. Might have been one of the first vintage Orton DDTs. Look at Orton's boots. Classic wrestling boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Shawn Michaels ended up getting some 
He has his classic HBK boots. You just can't tell because of the long pants he's wearing. They cover them. Those are like more or less the same type of boots he's always wore. That design. Yeah, you just can't tell those because aren't the, those aren't the, um, the motocross boots that he wore, though. Mm. Those are the ones that he actually had made for him when he came back a second time. Yeah. Because in the 90s, he wore, like, motorcycle boots. Legit motorcycle boots. Oh, shit. Michael's face. And again, Ork putting great pressure. Not so much on Michael's torso. Edwards holding Michael's in place, but the head continuing to be the focus. You know you had to have Mike Kyoto for the big matches. Mike Kyoto. Wrestler certainly wrestling in his blood. He knows the holes. He knows the counters. Orton's father, a WWE Hall of Famer. Sean Michaels, no doubt, a will be a WWE Hall of Famer someday when his career ends. And another shot to the head. Michaels fight back. Michaels fighting back in state. And Orton goes right to one spot, right between the eyes. But Michaels now building some momentum. Michaels getting the the better hand, if you will. Oh, wait a minute, reversal here. Okay. Vintage Michaels. Certainly a vintage showstopper. And that is a vintage HBK. Not a vintage is being thrown out. In front of Tommy Groff, and Michaels now continuing to start rebuilding the momentum. Gordon gets Classic up. Show Michaels come back. Yeah. No. Beautiful. An amazing counter, standing drop kick on the button from the WWE champion. Fucking Orton's drop kicks. Yeah, we just blocked that atomic drop and just. They gotta show that again. How close was that, Jr. Michaels used his legs to squeeze a shoulder off the canvas. Sure would like to see it though. I think anybody delivered the better standing drop kick. And answer your question, it was Tim. Michaels again, not one-dimensional, taking advantage of a situation, and that's Michaels' whole game plan. I think take advantage of what Orton gives him. And turn it into pinning combinations okay. and pinning predictions. Orton knows how good that drop kick is. He went to the well once too. Clean yourself in the game. If there was never a macho man. Yeah, no shit. Very unsteady. Not a good time to go to the top rope. Can't argue that. We'll see. It's all or nothing for Shawn Michaels here tonight. Already balding. Oh, he had been balding. Great elbow though. That fucking elbow is beautiful. And he can hit with either elbow too. Tune up the band at least. Gotta give him something. A little band tunage. Never hurt nobody. Stop that band tuning! <laughs> reprimanding him for tuning up the band. Never said he couldn't tune up the band. Pipe fucking down, Toyota. Oh! Beautiful. Chaos Collins Harry's legendary. I know. Michael's had a plan the whole time. Meanwhile, this cheese dick's trying to yeah. get his way and stop him. Fucking Mike Chioda. I like Chioda. But still, damn it. Oh! oh. Good cover. Or good counter. Yeah, that, that was a good... Uh, if that was a botch, that was a hell of a recovery. Yeah, that, that was going to say good recovery. Oh! I'll say this. Kind of ballsy to use that move around that time. Yeah. 
you know who had just did you know what just a few months before. And that might have been the first cross face we saw since then. Wow. A little soon, but, you know, watching this in 2022, 15 years later, if you didn't know that, puts it on pretty well, too, gotta say. Orton looks like he's hating life. The desperate, like, the desperation from Shawn Michaels, like, his yelling, like, oh, just adds so much more drama to it. I love it. He was good at doing Little that. shit like that, man. He was always so good at adding drama. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, Orton's no different now at yeah. this point. The facial expressions in all his matches. Like, and look at who he was surrounded by. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Flair. Flair. This crowd up. This crowd taking on a real ride here tonight. Look at this. Get there. Damn. That was a cold one. <laughs> That I do believe we see again. Shit, that's a clothesline that can end the match. Look at this shit. Look how he rolls out of this. Bam. You roll out of that and still hit him with that much impact. Yeah. Randy Orton, man. Look at this. More vintage Orton. Jeez. How's that back doing? Voices are telling him something. Thinking about an RKO, obviously, but now what's he doing? Good voices. How can I know what Randy Orton voices? Think? How can any yeah, sane voices? <laughs> oh, wait, I don't like that look in his eyes. They are. Wait a minute. No, come on. I like Randy, the punt. Michaels, I like how he breaks it out every now and then. Which I, it makes it special. Caught it. Ankle lock time. Oh, not that way. Yeah, I hate when they turn. In, not out. Oh. Oh, I don't even want to watch this shit. Oof. A sharpshooter, a cross face, and an ankle lock. And he's got the grapevine. It's in that crowd, man. Good old wrestling match. You hear that crowd? Yeah. Any stupid high spots that don't make sense? Nope. No, it's just good wrestling. Look at that, man. Their fucking hook line is sinker. JR used to sell the action in the ring. It's like he's in the ring with them. Yeah. In the middle of it. He sounds like he's in the damn match. You would think he doesn't know what the outcome is going to actually be. Because he's that good. Some careers and abused people that we have seen and such shows of disrespect. This is a. Hey, you back, Sean. What you back? 
Super kick, period. I just said we weren't going to see a super kick in the match. And this, speaking of super kicks, when you do see a super kick, this is how you fucking sell it, too. Let's see what I mean. Speaking of selling, he's still on the damn ground from that RKO and hasn't budged. Yeah. Talk about putting a finishing move over. How are you supposed to do it? Yoda's checking his pulse. <laughs> Randy, I think you fucking killed him, man. He barely had any hair left. <laughs> Randy's still selling the ankle. Yeah. Imagine that. Take a while to wash out. Sean looks catatonic. Keeps them open for a while, too. Wow. 
That's how you sell a kick like that. That is right. Thing of beauty. That was a fucking sweet chin music. Nowhere. And so much Randy Orton. Jay Ross says the H and nowhere. Pronounce the H. Oh man, but Orton is still the WWE champion. Michael's missing it. He's selling like a motherfucker. Randy Orton having to grab Shawn Michaels and standing up in the fans helping him up. But that's how you do it, bro. So yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, Sean! Look at that guy. You got there with the glasses. He's like, come Sean Michaels. Randy Orton's still in that position. Yeah, take that wedgie out. He's going to need the pants surgically removed. <laughs> Jesus, man. He didn't need to do all that shit. You deserve that super kick. Here it is. Oh, this is finish. Wham! Who didn't move from that spot for like a good five minutes? How did you not blink? Guy's a real pro. Yeah. Look at what he does. Oh, shit. Good call. Orton still the champ. All up in his fucking face with that kid. Still not confident about the Chiefs card of Nope. Why not ask them? Dude's be wilding out, man. But yeah, that's our uh, that's our watch along. Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels, Survivor Series. Would you Great think? match. Yeah. Great match. Just goes to show you, you can have a great match without one super kick. As long as you save a good one for the end. You know, what do you know? But yeah, guys, that uh, that concludes our Randy Orton episode and this week's episode in general. Um, shit, I think Backlash is like... Next week? Yeah. So uh, we'll be talking about that, and then a few weeks after that, double or nothing. So we got a lot of shit to talk about, a lot of stuff to look forward to coming up. So hope you enjoyed this watch along. Hope you enjoyed the Randy Orton episode. And if you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, the underscore wrestling underscore high. So yeah, man, the 10 more years of Randy Orton for Mikey Bravo, Lex James. See you next week.